The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thursday edition of PFTOT. This is the little extra show that we do because there's stuff we want to talk about during PFT Live, but we can't either because we don't have enough time or we can't get to it. There's too many things to discuss today. There's a lot to discuss as it relates to the schedule, but there's one little... Tweak, uh, tweak, twist, quirk, unrelated to the schedule that uh, we need to talk about. And that is Rob Gronkowski, the damage he did to the Lombardi Trophy. I wasn't aware of this. When they took the trophies to Fenway Park for the Red Sox home opener, they were screwing around and Julian Edelman was throwing a ball, a baseball, toward Rob Gronkowski, who was holding a Lombardi Trophy like a bat, Chris. And then at the last second, Gronk made it like he was bunting with the Lombardi Trophy. He made contact with the ball, and the ball left a giant dent in the Lombardi Trophy. Look at that. I don't know how you fix a giant dent in a Lombardi Trophy. I don't know what you do about this if you're the Patriots. I don't know how you get that fixed. But if I was Robert Kraft, I would be very upset that one of my trophies has a big-ass dent in it. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I guess you'd be upset. But when it's like Gronkowski and Edelman, and they're a big reason why you got three trophies recently here or in recent history, you can uh, tend to forgive. And, I mean, I think Mr. Kraft knows and the Kraft family, but you know, you, you put anything in Gronkowski's hands, it's it's endangered of getting beat up or dented or anything like that. But in all seriousness, I really am interested interested in like how it goes down to fix that. Do they call the NFL and go, can we get a new one? Do they just say the hell with the NFL and call Tiffany, right? Tiffany's still making these Super Bowl trophies, right? They haven't, that hasn't changed, has it? Um, are you listening to me right now? They still, yes, I oh, am okay. listening Thank to you. They, you. I'm waiting for you for a chance to speak. They, they still continue to make the, the trophy. Okay. Thanks for listening there for a few seconds, but yes. Uh, so I, I, I'm really interested to see how that goes or, or, or how that goes about. I wish they would let us know. Well, something that occurred to me as you were saying that is what if they choose not to fix it? And I think stats whispered in my ear while you were talking, that's what I was doing. I was trying sure. to hear what he was saying, sure, that yep. they do not plan to fix it, which makes, I mean, think about it. You got six of them now. Isn't it great to have one that has the permanent Gronk defect? And if you look at the picture, put the picture back up. It's on the back side of the ball. So you put the yeah, trophy you would never out. Know. You're, You're not right. going to see it. Right. Right. So it's on the back side, up above the base and and yeah, it hey, this is the one that Gronk took to Fenway and it got hit by a ball and there's the dent. When, if you only had one, you'd have to get it fixed. If you have six of them, what the hell? It's the only way to tell them apart. One's got a dent, one's got a scratch, one's got this, one's got that. So there'll be one that they can tell apart from the other five that they've won. I'm just glad he bunted and didn't take like you just some half-hearted swing or something like that because who knows what the hell that trophy would look like if he did that. It'd be a lot bigger dent, that's for sure. But uh, 
the Boston fans will forgive. And really, that's what kind of makes, you know, the Patriots or it's what's made them cool, you know, the last few years. Forget about their winning. But, you know, Edelman, Gronkowski, they got a great way about them. And the fan base has rallied around them. And it's moments just like that where really the Boston fans, again, I think will like, you know, it's just the, they got a an attitude, an edge about them. They like to have fun. You know, they're not afraid to troll people a little on social media and other teams like we saw. So uh, they're having fun, certainly. And, and they got bigger issues than trying to fix that that trophy up there. Yeah. Every other team would love to have that issue of how do we fix one of our six Lombardi trophies that has a dent in it. I think that definitely falls squarely into the category of great problem to have. Not good problem That's to have, right. but great problem to have. All right, the Carolina Panthers, they have a problem in so far as they have a quarterback who is damaged goods. He is in the process of recovering from shoulder surgery. All indications are it went well. But Cam Newton, first overall pick in 2011, he's entering year number nine of his career. And the Panthers are working on quarterbacks that they may or may not draft. And they're trying to downplay the idea that they're they're looking at quarterbacks any more than they have in the past. They claim they haven't spent any more time than they have in past years. They've taken a look at Jared Stidham, Clayton Thorson, Will Greer. And I, I can't help but wonder... Are they at least entertaining the idea that maybe Cam Newton won't be there for another five years? Maybe he won't be there for another two years. I mean, if he's not healthy, you're not going to keep him. And he's making less than $21 million per year. He's going to want a new contract at some point. He's got two more years on his current deal. Are the We talk about the Rams being the team that may say to Jared Goff, we're not going to pay you. The Cowboys may be saying it to Dak Prescott. Maybe the Panthers are the team that says to Cam Newton, we're not doing it. We're not going $30 million a year. We are going to try to find another quarterback. And remember, you got an owner there now who had nothing to do with drafting or paying Cam Newton. Maybe they want to go in a different direction because they, they think that Cam Newton's getting to a point where between age and injury, it's not worth plunking down so much money and so much cap space into that one guy. Yeah, well, I, I think the first thing, you know, teams, teams are always going to evaluate quarterbacks. They really are. Even teams with big-time franchise quarterbacks uh, will do that because it's just such an important position in the NFL right now to where, yeah, not only do they want to know, okay, what are these players like? What makes them, you know, they take into account, what if he's a free agent four or five years down the road? Now we got a little file on him to what we know is the makeup of the person and what we thought of him and we saw him in person and all those things. The other aspect of this too is the Carolina Panthers, I would think, you know, because Cam Newton's banged up or been banged up and plays a physical style of football, they might be looking just for a period backup too, just a guy that they can go okay like if cam's shoulder you know gets re-injured in week five we don't want the season just to be over i mean you saw how important cam newton is to that football team last year you know the fact that he couldn't just launch balls down the field and everything like that it really hindered their football team and his skill and ability is a big reason that team's been relevant throughout his whole career uh i don't know i'm not gonna sit here i don't think this is a we're looking 
to move on from Cam Newton. I'm sure they're starting to have those conversations in Carolina about the future of Cam. You know, are we going to re-sign him? I mean, has he taken too many shots? Is he too beat up? Uh, you know, is there a different direction we want to go in? Hey, I would think that's natural stuff, but I still think Cam Newton's one of the best quarterbacks in football. He's very dangerous, and I still think he's got a lot of years left in front of him to where I think this is more of a looking for a backup type of thing more than anything else. If you were negotiating a deal with Cam Newton right now, what range would you put him in in light of the current market? Yeah, well, I, I mean, hey, right off the bat, he deserves more money than than Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, right? So I look at that and go, he could every much be in the conversation right around Matt Ryan, right? And, you know, since it's maybe going to be a... Hey, similar, similar demographic. Exactly. MVP, MVP lost the Super went Bowl. Went to a Super Bowl. Right. Right. Exactly right. So I would think that would be the range that, you know, maybe he ones up Matt Ryan or a little bit because, of course, it's it's a it's a new year. But, yeah, I would think that's somewhere around that range, $30 million a year. That's just going to be a big commitment for David Tepper, the new owner of the team, to make. He's going to have to feel good about it before he makes it. You have to feel like, first and foremost, Cam Newton is healthy and can stay healthy. He's got that very physical style. Yep. He doesn't get a lot of flags because he's so big. Guys hit him, and, and the officials think, oh, he's fine. He's a giant. Yeah, it's he's not still, fair. It's a human. Yes. He still gets injured, and he's been injured a lot in recent years. All right, Dwayne Haskins, one of the top quarterback prospects entering the draft there was a point where there was some buzz that he would be the first overall pick we talked about this a little bit during the show today but you know I think if Kyler Murray had chosen baseball over football Haskins would be the guy that we're talking about in the way that we're talking about Kyler Murray because there's never going to be a vacuum there's always going to be that one guy that we are smitten with and I think that one guy this year would have been Haskins but for Murray but it's almost like Haskins is being forgotten and I know it wasn't a good look when he was at the scouting combine, he looked a little puffy. Right. He didn't run well. He had a lame excuse. He was going to run again at his pro day, and he yep. didn't. All right, he's not fast. So what? Neither is Tom Brady. Yep. Can he play? And I think he can play, and he can play at a high level. And uh, and I think whoever gets him is going to be very happy about it. And all this talk about him sliding, I think anybody who's saying he may slide is somebody who wants to catch him after he does slide. Yeah, I think there's some of that too. And there's no no doubt about it. You know, and, and again, I think some of the, you know, the things you talked about certainly contributed to Dwayne Haskins. Let's not forget, he only played one year in college football too. So that's going to be a little bit of the detractor, you know, in this whole situation. Also, I think guys like Drew Locke have caught wind a little bit because, you know, Drew Locke has played a lot of football at SEC in the SEC. He was a guy, Drew Locke, who I had ranked just slightly ahead of Dwayne Haskins as far as where he is. And I think the other knock on Dwayne Haskins, and this is really isn't a knock, uh, you know, he's still a kid. Uh, and, and like a little immature that way and not like immature in a bad way. There's no malice. The guy's a great guy. Everything I hear about, but he's, he's quiet a little bit and, you know, just a little more self-reserved that way. And that time at sometimes, you know, I think that's where, Oh, this is going to be our franchise quarterback. And we're going to ask him to take over the team right now. Well, he might not be ready to do that this year. It might be two years down the road. So I think all those things play into this and why we've seen some of the hype die out around him him but don't get it messed up 
He's got big-time talent. He's got size. He moves better than his 40 time. I don't give a damn what it says. I've seen enough film to say when he wants to tuck it down and run it, he can get five or six yards. He moves well in the pocket. He has very quick feet. And he's got a big-time arm, Mike. So, yeah, where does he end up is the question. Are the Giants, like, been in the weeds the whole time here and they're going to take him in number six and they've just let the bad rumors fall? If the Giants don't take him at six, the big question is, who takes them after that? That's where that's one of the intriguing storylines to the draft for me. The things you were saying about Dwayne Haskins as a kid who isn't mature yet and is kind of reserved. Kyler Murray's the exact same way. Sure. Exact same way. Right. But but for Murray, again, we find that one guy, and this is a media thing, and we're as responsible, I'm as responsible as anyone. We get smitten with that one guy. We got fascinated with Kyler Murray because yep. early on it was, what's he going to choose, baseball or football? And then he did the the Super Bowl week thing that was kind of you know not a good look depending upon which interview you pay attention to, but it was kind of an awkward and and uh, unfortunate interview with Dan Patrick. I thought he was fine with us, but he, he created a lot of questions, and I think he had some damage control he had to do, but then once he chose football, we, we fell into this, this idea of, is he going to be the first overall pick? What are the Cardinals going to do? And Chris, that leads to the next topic because the Wait, Cardinals... One, one more I, thing. One more thing there. All right. I just, I, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do want to add this one thing. With the Bengals... You don't mean... No, you do mean well, to. Well, I do you mean, do mean to, to, but we got to hit this on... You're not doing it accidentally. No, you're right. So, yeah, screw you. I got one more thing, okay? <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, too. We talked about the Giants. Perfect scenario, right? Eli Manning is going to play one more year. He'd get to mature a little bit and, and groomed into that guy. They've talked about that Kansas City model. There's two teams that also, I think, would be in the running for a quarterback that have a similar model set up right now I I'm still the Cincinnati Bengals if he was on the board at number 11 I I mean the Andy Dalton to me I would have called it quits last year as far as uh, that that experiment Uh, but an Ohio kid Cincinnati picked number 11 if he's on the board would they think about it and then the other team I'll throw in there is the Miami Dolphins at 13 and they said the same thing they have you know Andy Dalton they got Ryan Fitzpatrick to where you don't have to play him right now year one but there is certainly need there in Miami to where I go oh if he's on the board at 13 will the Dolphins have the guts to pass him up uh I I certainly have my eye on that sorry now you can go ahead I actually am sorry no no, you're fine and I agree with you on Cincinnati I just think Miami is committed to this idea of even though they won't say it, they just are going to treat this as a scholarship year and hope that they are in position to get yeah. a, a quarterback next year. But but you're right. If Haskins is there, what do you do? And and it was a guy named Dan Marino who fell into their laps in 1983 when he shouldn't have been on the board when they picked and they took him then. And it worked out pretty well Kinda worked out. for the Dolphins. All right. Kyler Murray. Now, we've seen the Cardinals try their damnedest to keep everything vague about what they're going to do. But I thought it was glaring that the online hype video that was put together by the Cardinals with their schedule release, it contained images of key Cardinals players like Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson, Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones. Nowhere in this video was there ever seen a quarterback, specifically not quarterback Josh Rosen. Wouldn't you say the mere fact that he wasn't in that video tells you how serious they are about at least considering Kyler Murray? And here we are a week away from the draft. If if you if you can't put Josh Rosen 
in the collection of key players that you are hyping as you release your schedule, are you not at some level acknowledging, folks, get ready, there may be a different video next week that has Kyler Murray images all over it that we put on the website to get you to come buy tickets for our game. Yeah, I mean, at the very, very least, it shows you that this is very, this is, you know, this could very well happen with Kyler Murray going to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, hey, uh, as far as Chris Sims is concerned and, you know, my life being around the NFL and I'm obsessed with it now and studying it, the, the Arizona Cardinals are taking Kyler Murray. It's locked. It's sealed, delivered. They're going there. It's going to happen. You know, there's just too many signs for me uh, that says, okay, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury makes too much sense. He wanted him out of college. He talked glowingly about him when he was in, uh, in college. All of those things, it's his offense in the NFL making a debut. He'd like to get out of jail free card with a guy like Kyler Murray who can save him when his offensive plays don't work. Like I said yesterday, I think the only reason they don't say we're picking Kyler Murray is because they don't want to have public pressure if Kyler Murray tore an ACL tomorrow to where they're going to go, oh, you know, people will be like, oh, but you were going to take him number one and now he tore his ACL. What jerks you are. Or if he somehow got arrested and their name was already anointed or attacked to him. Those are the things I think why they're not coming out and saying no Kyler Murray. Added to the fact that like you said, you know, the NFL is probably in their ear going, let's not ruin the first pick in the draft for everybody quite yet either. And, and, you know, there's this idea that there are strategic reasons for keeping your mouth shut because maybe you can do a trade. Look, you're undermining your starter. If you're not drafting Kyler Murray, you're doing damage to Josh Rosen that is never going to be undone because you are letting him twist out there as a guy that you really aren't committed to. And and, and now they're going to have some explaining to do behind the scenes, or maybe they've already been talking to Rosen saying, and we, I remember when we first started down this path, we we mused about the idea that you need to get Rosen on board with it. You need to go to him and say, hey, you're our guy. Just bear with us because, you know, we're creating this uncertainty for a reason. But but nothing is ever going to change the fact that we will have spent two or three months all of us thinking that Rosen isn't their guy. That's not something that goes away even if you try to renew your vows with Rosen after the fact. No, uh, you're right. It's going to be tough. I mean, you want to talk about Aaron Rodgers having a chip on his shoulder about Mike McCarthy. Holy cow, if they don't take Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen's still there, you want to talk about a chip on his shoulder with the whole organization through this whole process, him having to deal with this talk for you know the last eight weeks and all that. Yeah. He's gonna be he's gonna be angry a little bit. He's gonna be salty. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily means it ruins things there. And you would hope that he can handle this situation to prove that hey, yeah, you are worthy of being our franchise quarterback and dealing with a little scrutiny. That's what he'll have to prove to them when it's all said and done if they didn't take Kyler Murray. But uh, yeah, it's not exactly. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think the Rosens or the Cardinals are gonna be sending each other flowers uh, for Easter or, or any other holidays anytime soon. Anything like that. All right, the NFL is entering its 100th season in 2019. The AAF started its first season and did not finish. It almost went out of business after one week. Tom Dunn and the Carolina Hurricanes owner came in and saved it financially for several more weeks before pulling the plug. The bankruptcy filing happened yesterday, Chris, and the liabilities for the AAF exceed $48 million. The assets, less than $12 million. 
that means you got to take whatever you have, you sell it off, and you try to pay off the creditors. And it's obvious, and it's been obvious for weeks now. They yeah. just didn't have the money. They never had the money. Charlie Ebersol, one of the co-founders, broke his silence yesterday and talked about what went wrong. I mean, what went wrong is... They never had the money in the bank. They lined up investors who didn't come through for them. The original major investor, Reggie Fowler, didn't come through. Tom Dundon didn't come through. He chose to exercise his prerogative to walk away. And to, to go into one of these seasons without the money in the bank, I, I'm I'm astounded that how it happened. How is that legal? I don't even understand well, how that's legal. Isn't there antitrust laws or something like that that stop that from happening? Not antitrust laws. I don't but know I what think they would that, be. But, yeah. but, but look, there have already been allegations of fraud made. The argument being that they led people to believe they were fully funded and they weren't. And we've seen Daryl Moose Johnston, the GM of the San Antonio Commanders, who has said that on the record. There are lawsuits making that allegation. The idea, that, and think of it this way. If I own a restaurant and I don't have any money, right, I'm not going to get meat and bread and potatoes unless I can pay for them. They're not going to give me stuff uh, and and assume that I'm going to pay the bill later. Right. And that's one of the things that that's the worst thing that can happen to you as, you as a restaurant. They put you on COD. That means everybody knows you don't have money. The AAF created this facade of we're funded, we're legitimate, we're first rate, we're top notch. And when you do that, if people buy it, here's what happens. Let me give you the example. UCF staging Orlando Apollo's games at $75,000 per game in rent. On top of that, UCF spent a hundred grand for security and other out-of-pocket expenses. You never do that if you think this is a fly by the seat of the pants. Maybe we have money, maybe we don't operation. You say, I want the hundred grand right now. I'm not spending a dime without this money up front. So by creating this sense that this is a legitimate top-tier first-rate football league, I think a lot of people floated some credit to the AAF, and now they're going to be standing in line with everybody else trying to get whatever they can out of the sales of helmets and jerseys and whatever tangible assets the AAF may have that they can auction off and try to raise money to pay off some of these debts. Yeah, the, the whole thing seems insane to me. I, again, I, I just say what I said before. Uh, I don't even understand how it's not against the law to start some company or organization and then you know not have the money somewhere in the bank to go, okay, this is what it's going to cost for the year. We got this covered and then some should have to be some sort of law uh so i to me it's crazy uh i i just wonder where this goes i mean mike are people going to jail here is it are we gonna have court hearings what's how does it all go from here i guess would be my my big question i i really don't know where it goes from here and i think chris the instinct that you're speaking to it's not the issue of starting a business without having the money in the bank it's an issue of starting a business and creating the impression to the people you're yeah. doing business with that the money is in the bank. Right. And if false statements were made about the financial wherewithal of the AAF and those statements have caused harm, financial harm to multiple different people and businesses, that's where from a civil litigation standpoint, you're going to have a lot of lawsuits to deal with. From the possibility of a criminal prosecution, look, I say this all the time. People say the judge is the most powerful person in town. The most powerful person in town is the prosecutor because the judge only handles what lands on his or her desk. The prosecutor decides who gets charged, what they get charged with, who doesn't get charged, how aggressively they're going to push it. There's a ton of discretion there. So that, and again, I don't know how this is going to play out, but 
you don't uh, your instincts are kind of leading this in a path that maybe it could go depending upon what prosecutors out there dig into what happened and say you know what some laws may have been broken i mean look at that goofy thing with Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman that kind of blindsided everyone a few weeks ago. There are a lot of laws out there that we don't even know about that apply to all sorts of situations. And when situations go sideways, Chris, there's a lot of things you got to worry about on the back end. And, And I think that civil and criminal prosecution would be something that I know if it were me, I'd be I'd be worried about how the dominoes end up falling. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm, I hope this all gets figured out because I'm sick of talking about the crappy AAF, okay? I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I've had enough of the subject altogether. This file's under white-collar crimes where, you know, people will get away with murder and never get and really hold accountable to the extent of which they should, just like Lori Laughlin, who got a weak sentence, or doctors giving opioids to everybody in the world and thinking they're not drug dealers dealers, whatever it may be, this will fall under those lines. I'm sick of this crap. Well, but but let me tell you something. Yeah. Our audience is very fascinated by the wreckage are. of the AAF. Right. It's, they're far more interested in the wreckage of the AAF than they are in the actual AAF when it was when it <laughs> right, was in when existence. Because right. I, I think that at some level, we all believe that there's an avenue out there somewhere for another pro football league to be successful. It's just nobody's been able to figure out how to do it. And I continue to believe they should just play the games during football season. It, it dawned on me last week when we were talking about it. I don't think anybody cares in February, March, and April. I think they care in September, October, November, and December. And Tuesday and Wednesday night is just sitting there begging for someone to drop games. And if you can attract college talent into those spots, guys who can't go to the NFL, guys who have established themselves after one year in college, if you can get those star players to come play in your league, I'd definitely sign on for a Tuesday, Wednesday night in-season football league. Yeah, I don't know if I will that either. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, in-season football league? No, I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm done Monday night with the NFL, and I'm barely ready to go on Thursday night again, so I don't need XFL football or anything else during those days. When the season's over, I'm, maybe I'll watch you then. The NFL season's going on. I'm NFL or nothing, so I don't totally agree with you there. Well, you know what? I, I think I may go ahead and try it because I don't have the money to do it. But as we've learned, you don't have the money. You don't need to have the money if you want to try <laughs> Just it. Just wing it. Just wing it. What the hell? Um, all right. Uh, like we always do, we wing it here. But we've we've winged it through an episode of PFTOT. Chris, enjoy your long weekend. Thanks, man. We will be thinking of you. Thank we you. won't. As we're working tomorrow, back to... What do you what do you say? Co- copy and paste and snarky comment. Exactly That's my right. Formula. Very well done. Yes, yes. Or yeah. when you have a microphone in front of you, it's read your copying paste and then have extra snarky comments with a microphone in front of you. Are you done now? I'm done. <laughs> all right. Enjoy I like your you weekend. A lot. Have everybody. a good weekend, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Say Girls, hi to the family I and, will. Uh, and you tell too. them I'm sorry they have to deal with you for an extra day on Friday. Yep, I will. Go screw yourself. Right. See you later. All right. <laughs> everybody, see you on that happy note. See you all Friday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.